Here's to you, Sharpie. You can't kill me, Sharp. Hello, welcome to the preamble, your every so often digest of all things hobby. My name is Burlock, and here with me is Grumsworth. And join us as we uh, dissect a Magic the Gathering card submitted by you. Uh, we discuss some of our favourite new releases for the week, and we can give you a bit of an update on our old hobby journals that we're going to open up. Grumsworth, how are you? How's your hobby found you this week? It's found me good, in good high spirits and also productivity-wise pretty strong there's nice. been hobby going on there's been hobby going on in the form of three bases of necron scarabs oh nice more, mm, more yeah. necrons add into the throng that's right they came along with the necron warriors there nice little easy push fit to their bases yeah. so it's been a nice kind of quick easy relaxing wander down hobby lane for me very nice, very nice. Have you got much of the um, green glow going on again, like you had with your last Necron Warriors? They look really nice when I saw them. Yeah, thank you. The green glow on these guys, because the kind of niblets at their hearts and their yeah. little eyepiece are a little bit larger, the detail's a little bit deeper than the Necron Warriors' weaponry. Right. So I had to choose a slightly different tactic. These scarabs were undercoated in exactly the same way with the Rune Lord brass straight out of the rattle can they were treated to many layers of wash to kind of give them a little bit more of a rich look about them just like the necron warriors i used a little bit more of the reeklam flesh shade which is the very sort of orangey ready hue mm. there's a lot more of that slapped on these guys but i think that that looks a little bit better than the treatment the warriors received so going forward that's kind of what i'm going to be doing for the green glow then I went in with a Corlier dark shade around the glowing green niblets. I wanted a little bit of a glow, but I wasn't going to go hard at it because these are a get them done quickly and effectively sort of project. So the, uh, the shade there, the Corlier is a very dark blue green. So right. this was washed into all of the areas around the glowing niblets. Yeah. Yeah. Then I went in with a very, very thin white and medium mix just to pick out the these glowing blisters, these kind of orb type structures, right. the heart of each of these scarabs. Nice. Went in with that. Then the same treatment was done that I used on the Necron Warriors there. Uh, a mixture of medium, a Scorpia green by Vallejo, just layered on thinly, almost glazed onto the white, um, leaving some of the white still showing. And the end result is what we have here, some slightly glowing Necron niblets yeah i like and how you would have gone up to the white initially then brought it back down again to sort of you know mute that's right yeah, that, yeah. That high yeah. that high point also i think it's a good idea to um not create too much of a glow because the miniatures individually is this as scarabs they're quite small they're quite like, tiny yeah you might yeah. end up with little things that look just like green fireflies as opposed to um you know scarabs so yeah it's a good choice to not do too much on the glow but you've just got a bit in there keep it quite subtle that was kind of the danger with them mm. see i looked at them and i thought i could go in with an airbrush on these and create a, a sort of radial glow yeah. all around their center core but i wanted to avoid exactly as you've described i didn't want the entire model looking glowing green yeah. and because they're so tiny and i've done some nice work on the metal before adding the green glow last mm. 
I didn't want it to eclipse that or overshadow it. You can see at a range the, the, the glowing elements of them and you can still see the bronze, brassy, corroded, ragged metal form of them. So I think I've won. I think you have. Yeah, absolutely. And you finally decided on um, your direction you're going to take with the bases of these guys as, your, as, a, as a Necron force? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a simple grey base. Again, quick and dirty and easy to do. It's just some sand whacked on, on top of some PVA lead onto the base there. Yeah. And then painting that sand down with very, very thin coats of uh, that nice matte black that Vallejo do. And then using their it's almost like a camo green, bronze green it's called. So okay. I'm throwing that all over with a dry brush and then I'm adding a little bit of secret weapons weathered wood to that green, grey, and then slowly working up to almost just a light dry brushing of pure weathered wood. So despite the fact the bases kind of at a glance appear just simple grey, they actually kind of tie in a little bit with the fact that I've got green obviously within the Necron models there. It, it's kind of sympathetic rather than standing out drastically, but also at a distance, especially kind of the gaming distance of two or three feet away from mm. your eyeballs there, they stand out quite starkly enough on those bases, but not like super clashy. Yeah. yeah, that's what you want. You know, you say obviously you put some thought and some planning into your basing, which we've spoke about before, haven't we, about being you have to. a real vital step in you have to. painting yeah. miniatures. So that's that's kind of how they finished out. Nice and quick. It was probably about sort of around about eight hours work. I know they're only tiny, um, but I wanted to get a decent amount of detail in on them uh, to, to pick out because they are well modelled despite their diminutive stature. Mm. Um, and I've always thought that, especially these new scarabs, that I think they actually look quite good on the tabletop. So I wanted to give them a little bit more time maybe than their tiny scale suggests. And what about yourself, Burlock? What has troubled you in your hobby journal this week? Well, not much trouble, actually, um, oh, really? which is good. Um, yeah. But I, I have been uh, busy. I, I finished up uh, the um, uh, small commission piece that I was working on at the beginning of last week. Very um, good. Yeah, I, I've not spent a huge amount of time on them as a whole, actually. Probably about the same amount of time as you spent on your scarabs. There, about eight hours, perhaps eight to nine hours. Lovely. So they, they, they got wrapped up quite quick, and that was with a minor setback with, some, uh, with, the, with the washing incident. But nonetheless, mm. um, they have now been completed. Um, and I was, I was actually quite happy with how they turned out. Um, I showed some pictures to, the, uh, to my client, and he was okay. very, very pleased with them as well. It must be said, he was over the moon, in fact. Um, I was most happy with the armor because these guys are Silver Templar Space Marines, uh, yeah. Primary Space Marines. So um, getting that armor right was was quite important because that's the largest section of the miniature that we have to deal mm -hmm. with. I guess. Um, so I think what I liked most about it is that I was able to keep the highlights on the armor somewhat subtle because when you're dealing with metallic colors, the paint literally has metallic flakes or like it does a yeah and of course what happens uh, with that once you've paint painted the miniature or base coated it or or spray primed it like i did with some gun metal gives you an all-over color and then you put a highlight over the top after a wash for instance and you, you can't see a huge difference initially because of the way the light diffuses away from this yeah. 
this this color this metallic color after it's been washed you'll need to bring it back up to its initial base coat and then place another highlight over the top of which i did with plate mail metal um and there isn't a huge difference noticeably at first but i knew that once i got the the varnish spray over the top of it at the end it yeah, will take yeah. away a lot of the shine from the uh, from the metallic colors and it'll mm -hmm. just leave you with those gradient highlights which actually popped quite nicely once that varnish was on so it was like yeah 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 knowing what it's going to look like after you've after you've got to the end once you've got to the very end stage and that came together just as planned that's sort of having faith in your technique isn't it as we said so. before sometimes you've got to wait for that very last end layer to go on yeah. whether it's whether it's that last little set of highlights the the hard coat or whatever it is you're putting on to protect the miniature right at the end that can often change almost the entire look of it i think so yeah and so you're right it's, it's knowing your techniques having faith in your techniques but also um i could have taken it uh, you know a couple of stages further so that i could get some initial noticeable results you know i could have brought it right up to a really high level of silver okay. or yeah. deepen the shadows a lot more which would have added an, another layer of shading or another layer of highlighting but staying yeah. true to the um rules i'd set out for myself when it comes to painting a commission piece mm -hmm. i was thinking to myself i'm not going to push this any further up i know what it's going to look like at the end so i'm going to move on to the next stage and that was enough um yeah, they look lovely i was pleased with how the um mixing of styles where it, when it came to the base coat in the silver highlighting it in the way that i've just described then going to the airbrushing stage putting that on and then attempting to go for all the details having that order set out really nicely was was i found to be quite successful so i think i'll apply that now and mm -hmm. apply that to the next next job i've got and then the next one after that if there's any more Good. yeah is it the case that you've been commissioned to continue on with this project yeah it'll be another squad of five intercessors assault intercessors um and then probably a couple of characters i think might be coming after that um nice. so yeah so that's going to be exciting um just to sink my teeth into a character especially after doing a couple of units it'd be nice to mix it up that'll probably be a couple of weeks away yet um but i'll keep you all updated as and when we do our our weekly digest <laughs> so slowly you're going to be tasked with painting an entire army of these dudes right i think, Do you think? I think so because they came together quite quickly i'm excited to see um the army slowly grow week on week yeah. um yeah. and i'll certainly be getting loads of pictures together putting it up on our social media and putting it up on um, mm -hmm. on, our, on our videos here if we can um changes i might want to make if there are any go on um probably making sure that i don't stray into any Oh, I'll just put an extra, extra bit of shading yeah. on this bit here. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I put some like uh, a little bit of weathering on the bottom half and bottom mm. sections of some of the shoulder pads, and I thought that was a little bit more than I needed to do. Um, yeah, more yeah, yeah. more than I'd been paid to do as well. But I think the you know the painter in me just wanted to make it look that little bit better. Um, so I've got to really be strong, you know, and not that i want to give wrong brother i want to give the guy a bad, a bad result of course, of course i want to give him the best as i can but at the same time i've got to stay true to the, the what you said you're gonna do yeah, yeah and the yeah. the outlines of the tariffs laid down and all that sort of thing staying true mm. to that so i've got to try my best just to just to stay in control of my uh my creative juices <laughs> you hold those juices in check oh, you hold right. them in and everything will be fine <laughs> yeah so so yeah overall good good results i've got some um i've got some a bit more direction now i've got a little bit of uh 
a firmament for which I can uh, I can base myself for, for doing some silver templars. And by the end of it, oh, I'll be an expert. I'll be an expert. <laughs> Come to me for I your can... silver templar needs. <laughs> I, I'm going to do that though. <laughs> when I get that when I get that ATV. That's oh, going to come no. straight your way. And then I'm going to wrap it up and gift it to you as a fine festive gift. Oh, what do you reckon to that, Burlock? Oh, just the word ATV. It just makes me shudder. Oh, gosh. Yeah, but yeah. talking of um, ATVs, that's actually mm. been a, a new release by Games Workshop. And that's true. Uh, that can lead us into our, our new releases. What do you reckon? I think that sounds like a smashing idea, Burlock. Let's have a look at some new releases. I'm on a little bit of a Necron train at the moment. So following along with that, the Lockhurst Heavy Destroyer, which is an absolute belter of a model. So what we've got here is we've got a, a Necron torso, big and puffy. He's got some extra armor plates. He looks like that sort of slightly up-armored version. Um, the Necron yeah. Mortals and Death Marks, some of their lords and characters, That's they all have this kind of fatter chest, wider shoulders. That's how you can tell. That they're a more powerful Necron because oh. they get they get a bit puffier, right? They get puffier. Yeah. He also has done a interesting thing with his leg arrangement, in as much as he's sort of on a sort of centaur-like fashion, on a big, thick, hovering body. Yeah, oh, like a big bulbous anti-gravity. We'll see that? Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah Which yeah. one of the pieces of the model that really makes it? Um, it gives yeah. its weight. So these things, these heavy destroyers, they're, they're super big killy Necrons, uh, big long range kind of fire support, mobile because of their skimming jet instead of leg situation. Mm -hmm. uh, and this makes for a really interesting looking model. We've got massive versions of the Necron weaponry mounted on these folks as well. Uh, the um, the Gorse Destructor, I believe it is, is one of the options. Is that the like one a, on the uh, the main picture on the GW website? Is that the Gorse Destructor? I think the picture. The, the, I think the the many barreled version that you're referring to there, I think, is called um, an Emitic Exterminator. That's that kind of. I believe it's kind of an anti-infantry sort of thing. Right. Many many shots, like many 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 shots. Yeah, plenty of barrels um, on that thing. Yeah, yeah, and. The other weapon, which is like an oversized version of the Gorse Flayer carried by the regular Necron Warriors, um, is the Gorse Destructor, which right. I think is just a, a sort of, it's an anti-armor thing. Yeah. A little bit more akin to the old style heavy destroyer. Um, Very much long so, Long-barreled, yeah. single-shot yeah. kind of situation. Mm. That's right. In, in the same way, it's still mounted like firmly on the arm. Uh, yeah. This guy, this guy actually has a, a third arm there, as is sort of the Necron style at the moment. Yeah, uh, I, li I like the way this thing is actually. It looks like it's big and heavy, but he's sort of wielding it as if it's as if it's light because it's full of, kind of anti grab compensators yeah. and the extra arm oh, he's yeah. got. It's just yeah. yeah, reminds me a little bit of the um, the harness for the smart cannons that they used in Aliens. When the yeah, so that's <laughs> it. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, so the gun is kind of mounted on your hip in that mm. situation, isn't it? And the That's weight it. of it is borne by the harness on your body. Yeah, he has that because he's sort of hip firing this gigantic weapon as well. But the reason I think this looks really well for a model composition wise is the fact that despite him having his 
puffy Necron torso, his third arm, and an oversized weapon there. He's sort of carried around on this hover carriage, right? Which this version of the Necron Destroyer, unlike the previous ones, that their sort of hover unit was a little bit skimpy. Mm, in comparison, was, certainly, yeah. In comparison, yeah. They, they were carrying lighter weaponry, visually, anyway. Um, but I think the fact that they've decided to puff out the, uh, the sort of hover carriage uh, that replaces his legs has done really well here. It balances out the model nicely against the oversized weaponry. It also looks really cool, like the shape of it. It's got yeah. like a good kind of curved shape going on. It's got some of the glowing green Necron niblets, yeah. which they stuff in all of their technology, which looks really cool. Um, beetle-like, isn't it? In in many ways, very much as as Necrons tend to be, quite you know, quite beetle yeah. carapace-like, um, curved. And I love all the Necron symbols and um, yeah. icons that it's got running down yeah. the side of it. Just ties it in nicely. Yeah, it's really nice, isn't it? All that, all that kind of alien sort of scripture. It almost looks like curved yeah. up its body there. Yeah, I think it's a real winner for me. It, it's my favourite release of this week. What about yourself? What have you discovered? this week Burlock, new release wise um well maybe it's just the fact that i've been painting some primaris marines recently but um i actually really like the uh new primaris chaplain on bike ah the chapo yeah the chapo yeah he looks really cool it, I, I like the fact that uh the miniature is he's at rest uh, he's not driving it you know he's yeah. got the bike slightly tilted to one side yep. his foot's down and he's waving the uh, chaplain's uh, weapon the crozius arcanum there um his 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 weapon of office um he's just raising that up for his brothers to speed past him into the fray no doubt yeah but i just really like the way these new bikes look as well um i like how they're really chunky they're like the old version bike 2.0 you know they've really been upgraded in my mind yeah they look um, like they've been mated with a rhino don't they yeah you know, they look really, really cool really like boxy and weighty mm. yeah yeah the uh, the guns don't look like they're going to fall off if the thing goes too fast anymore. They look yeah, properly encased. You know, you can. I love how I can see the ammo feeds coming into mm -hmm. where the bolt guns are at the front. I do like the the front wheel. I mean, I guess I, I don't know. I'm no physicist, um, nor am I an aerodynamicist. I don't really know how but, the design of these bikes is supposed to work, whether they'll be efficient or not. But hey, look, it's a sci-fi game, and they look yeah. really incredible. They look really yeah, heavy. Yeah. I think Space Marine bikers should have always been that big you know that, that yeah. heavy shock track cavalry i believe they've been described before as sort of the line breakers um, yeah, yeah which they're like a sort of cataphract aren't they like a f yeah. and mm. these guys they don't do scouting missions they're not there for speed they're there for the added weight of the horse and the armor that's and it. they ride through formations yeah so they really break through lines and i can just imagine this guy at the head of a column of uh, white scar or you know white scars or raven wing even yeah. um you know, and just smashing through the front lines of an enemy unit um, and just tearing them to shreds. Um, and I love the way this guy, you know, the iconography of the chaplain has always been something that I've really loved. The styling, the skull mask. Um, yeah. Uh, with the bike, for instance, I love how the, the book is chained to the, uh, to the outside of this thing as if it's uh, an old relic he's bringing into battle with him. Which it um, definitely is. I mean, that's, that's one thing that you've, you've got to love about the Imperium of Mankind. When they go to battle... They take some light reading. They love an old book, don't they? Mm, they do. <laughs> they maybe do. It's, maybe it's his hobby journal. 
<laughs> oh, I'd love it if it was his hobby journal. His hobby journal is going to be, you know, drove through a line of Eldari, smashed, <laughs> yes, right. smashed 10 heads on the way through, my Crozius. That's it, yep. Job done. But, um, I mean, for the chaplain himself, not only the skull mask, the iron halo he's got behind him, which looks beautiful. Yeah, um, I like nice. the way the breastplate uh, is armoured like a carapace should be, but it's it's sort of segmented like a rib cage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, other chaplain models actually have sort of moulded skeleton bones ribs and such bones yeah, on yeah. the front, but this thing is um, it's reminiscent of that, but it looks like he's just wearing some fat powerful armor you know yeah, which is a shape yeah. to look like ribs so i love how the suggestion is there but it's still painted up to look like his black armor which is obviously yeah. what chaplains wear they they wear the black and they just have the the single chapter color on there that's left, right left yeah shoulder pad yeah. i really um, like the way it's been painted i know it's it's mm. exactly as you'd expect from a um well yeah a chaplain there but i just think this paint job is it's really nicely crisp yeah the, the, you know the black still looks black there's a danger of making black look a bit too gray or a bit too blue um i like the the sort of the pale gold they put on this guy um it yeah. might be that yeah, okay. it might be the usual um sort of recipe that the, the studio team use for their their primaries gold i don't know but um it works nicely against the black in this in this case i think it looks nice and pale and muted um and the red's not too bright either on the guns yeah um, or on the the handlebars of the bike which have got those cool little skulls on the end of them you know anywhere because you can get a skull you know <laughs> skulls yeah i mean the 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 one part i'm not overly sold on is the crozes mm. arcanum itself this one i i think um lacks a little um it looks nice and heavy which i think is good I'm it not certainly too, does yeah i'm yeah. too fond of the uh, new style of haft they've got for their weapons this sort of quilted okay look yeah. about it i would much rather have seen some wrapped yeah, make it look like like old leather wrappings around it, rather than a fresh new quilted soft mm. handle. But I might be able to change that. You know, I might file it down you could do and that. green yeah. stuff yeah. some some wrappings around it. But I like the base. I don't know how modelled that is by the studio. If that's part of it, I like the bullet casings that have come out of the bike mm-hmm. and the slab of concrete that the bike's uh, sitting on there. Yeah, as a whole, lovely piece. I think. Um, and uh, I never thought I would say a Space Marine bike would ever be a favourite release of mine. <laughs> um, it's hard, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's hard to find Space Marines looking good on wheels. Yeah. I think this is the issue, yeah? Exactly right, yeah. Um, and I really want it. So um, Christmas yeah. is coming up, Grumsworth. <laughs> it is, but you know what you're getting for that. So <laughs> It's got wheels, folks. Four of them. No chaplain. That's, that's, that's terrible. It's, it's some horrendous sorcery but um hey talking of sorcery and magic let's move on to our next segment so this is where the magic happens folks and uh, this week's card has been submitted by one of our wonderful viewers old germain Old Jermaine. Old Jermaine, okay. yes. Um, thank you for the, uh, the submission. Uh, this card is called Elish Norn, Grand Cenobite. What do you make the of this gra- one, Worth? The grandest of all the Cenobites. Yeah. Elish Norn there is a white card. Uh, it's from the New Phyrexia set. It's a mythic rare. It's a mythic it is. rare, as is, as is befitting this wonderful character as well. Mana-wise, is two white and five colourless, so kind of hefty. The Cenobite here is legendary creature and a Praetor. So mechanically, we've got Vigilance, 
I was just going to say we've got vigilance on her. It's a she, right? Well, I, I've always assumed it's a she. Um, but yeah. it is a little bit androgynous. It's she. I'm rolling with it. She has, she has vigilance, mm. which means she can, she can make her attacks and not tap. So she's ready to become blocker as well. Mm-hmm. She's a 4-7, so her stats she's are quite hefty. She's quite chunky, isn't she? Mm. Despite her slim frame. Yes. And talking of such, what do you think of this piece of art? The artwork? Yeah, well, it's by, um, uh, by Igor Kieriluk if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, I think um, you're right, yeah. And the artwork, I, I feel, is it, it's stunning for a start. This, mm, this piece of artwork yeah. is incredible. Yeah, really um, good. I, there's, there's, there's a lot to be said, so to, let's break it down. I think um, the palette, first of all, um, yeah. it's very minimal. It's basically very, white and red. Yeah, right? yeah, it's yeah, like, a, it's yeah. like a, a beigey white and red. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think adds to the sinister facet that Elish Norn has and the, yeah, the sinister yeah. edge that Phyrexia has as a general thing. Um, the idea of Phyrexia being that they, they're made by something called Phyrexian oil, which mm-hmm. um, was brought to the plane of Mirrodin. And Mirrodin was oh, a right, yeah. completely metallic world where uh, metal meets uh, organic and it, it's fused together. There's metal brasses, in everything. Brasses, yeah. silvers, and golds. Um, and this Phyrexian oil infected the, uh, the planet, and the Phyrexian invasion began for, from within and without. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elish Norn, being one of the praetors here, um, she's basically one of, their, one of the queens of the Phyrexians. So th- this artwork really, I think, emphasizes that sort of regal aspect. I so totally agree, yeah. Elish yeah. Norn. Um, yeah i love the name and, the grand cenobite it reminds me a bit yeah. of hellraiser which has that horror cenobites yeah definitely yeah, yeah which really adds that element of horror to it and that is carried through in the art in the sort of style mm. um the makeup of her form so you speak about the colors as sort of very beigey white and very stark rich red on there mm. there are some areas where those colors meet and these are the colours of flesh, blood, and bone, aren't they? That's right. The, the, yeah. the, entire, the entire piece is painted as a sort of homage to the living human body, really, I would say colour-wise, yeah. which is really interesting because a lot of the shapes echo what you've said about Phyrexia. There's a good organic kind of look to our grand Cenobite here, but she also has some very hard, sharp angles, um, which are evocative of metal. Yeah, and danger and violence. <laughs> yeah. I love her posing. Um, she looks, she's not attacking anybody. She's, oh, almost, no. uh, she's almost in discussion with somebody or striding she's, towards, yeah, you know, to, yeah. to get Raising to wherever point, she needs isn't to get. She? she is, mm-hmm. yeah. She has her attendants there, which are, by the looks of things, quite far away from her. She's, mm. she, she's allowed the space. She's been given her personal space by mm. her attendants there. These long, trailing, flowing robes that she's got around her there. But everything she about looks comfortable, her, doesn't she? She does. But at the same time, I feel the fingers at the end of her hands and the sleek mm. slenderness of her, her form give mm. her this edge of, she could tear me limb from limb, mm-hmm. but 
at this moment in this piece of artwork her mouth's closed she's she's sort she's of gesturing. serene yeah she's quite serene yeah maybe she's just one of those characters she's such a badass like she never gets stressed no. like this this could be her this could be her walking towards the enemy lines it could well be you know yeah she just waves her hands peacefully about her her attendants still bearing her sort of robes and as she just peacefully walks in a terrifying manner towards whatever poor unfortunates are going to feel mm. her wrath going back to the sort of the palette and that style of that that yeah. how how, hor how horrific she she looks you know it looks like whatever flesh she might have has been stripped away it um, does yeah flayed for almost, me yeah. that kind of sums up the um the way the phyrexians work you know it takes something that's living and organic mm. and it, it breaks it down takes away all of its individuality and uh, a little bit like the borg in some ways from star yeah Trek. okay yeah, um, yeah yeah so all of her flesh has been stripped back to peel peel away the the, the you know the, the sensitive um, working white flesh mm. beneath but mm. this encasing of 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 porcelain white bone or armor mm. that she's mm. got about her is sort of she's clad in the armor of phyrexia um which kind of brings me on to talk about this headdress situation she's got going on. What do you make of that? Well, so when I first saw this, I thought to myself, is this a headdress? Is this a piece of armour that she's, she's wearing? Mm. Or, or is this something that is actually affixed to her? Is this part of her? You say it has that kind of porcelain look about it, and we can see some cracks and distress mm -hmm. in it, yep. but its edge looks super solid and sharp looking yeah it looks it, does. it looks durable um and i kind of wonder is this thing basically a very ceremonial looking weapon piece or is does she just like to walk around with something mm. cool strapped to her head you know yeah. it, 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 it's blinding her isn't it it is and that's one of the reasons i think that actually this is something that has been grafted or grown from her yeah um i feel I like as though idea, this is yeah. like a, a burden that she has to put up with but gladly do so um uh, she doesn't need to see with her eyes um i like the idea that she has full command of her faculties and her senses all of her senses the yeah. fact that this thing is completely over her face and it's large and imposing it gives this mm. idea that this is such an otherworldly um you know almost kind very of, alien looking yeah yeah um which which to her is normal Mm. yeah yeah but i also think it's um i think it's possibly a means of control she's not the uh the, the ultimate leader of the phyrexians but she is mm. certainly a high-ranking um praetor. she's one of the praetors the um, grand cenobites cenobite. well. she's yeah. you know one of the top cenobites there and i still feel as though there is an element that um she is still under control by some higher power mm. given the fact that she has her eyes obscured and mm. yeah mm. yeah yeah that makes good sense I think it's also interesting something else that you pick up with the motions of her hands there appears to be some sort of like glowing slowly drifting kind of points of light mm, or, or is it something that's sort of flowing about her because it does seem reasonably concentrate around her hands you might be right they might be coming from so. around yeah. her she's it looks as almost as if now she could be looking at one of these spots of light Yes, I think and you're right. Yeah, out yeah. to touch it. Perhaps this. Yeah. Perhaps these are messages that she's conveying somehow, or this is just her her power that she's employing 
mm. in, this moment, in this snapshot in time. It, it kind of links in a little bit to the, uh, the flavor text, mm. and which we'll go into uh, uh, towards the end of this little segment. Um, but uh, I think, I mean, the artwork is, is stunning. I think Igor has done a brilliant job um, pulling Lovely the work. Yeah. Yeah. idea of otherworldly horror um uh the the sort of dehumanizing of mm-hmm. everything about this picture the background but there's grace there as well isn't there, there? absolute there's grace, grace. And elegance and horror and mm-hmm. a beautiful color palette for this yeah. very regal character i think looking at her mechanics in game um it says here what other creatures get plus two plus two which is mm-hmm. a very common uh, effect in in the white color pie yeah, um, the yeah idea very of, supportive yeah it's it's, it's, it's called uh, the the lingo is it's an anthem effect because there is a mm-hmm. card called glorious anthem which all your creatures get a, get a buff it's like an enchantment mm-hmm. so she brings a double strength version of that but what what strays away from the color pie in my opinion from the, the idea of the white color and what it brings to mm-hmm. the game is that the creatures your opponents control get minus two mm-hmm. minus two yes so she just brings bounty and fortune to your forces and doubt and despair and weakness <laughs> to your enemies to your opponents well, that's very black no it's a very yeah, i was just gonna say it is isn't it? yeah really sort of does jar when it, you know it doesn't fit nicely into that that white color pie which i really like about no. this card. but it fits really nicely with her doesn't it the fact that her presence yeah brings up those who are allied to her and anyone else you're going to feel weaker mm. i mean it's enough to kill a great slew of creatures isn't it absolutely i mean certain decks that you play um lots of small weak yep. creatures of a white weenie deck or a token yeah, deck, which example. is interesting yeah, yeah. um you could play elish norn and you've essentially got a, a, what they call a wrath effect so a minus two minus two on mm-hmm. all of your opponent's creatures you could potentially wipe the battlefield if your mm. opponent is playing something like that um so yeah she brings that that sweeping destruction with her as well um which is really nice what lets her down is her mana cost quite heavy there's a way around that as with most things in magic um you would normally see elish norn in decks that um be are able to cheat cards out into play find a way to put elish norn into your graveyard somehow and then mm-hmm. reanimate elish norn so she comes straight out from your graveyard um ways to tutor her out and there's all manner of combination plays and combination decks that you can yeah. play to bring elish norn out onto the battlefield quicker than playing her out fairly <laughs> with seven with seven that's right out. yeah um so she only really sees play in those kind of decks that are able to take advantage of certain effects that yeah uh, and how how would you rate her playability then on a oh, scale of one to ten very strong at least an 8.5 to a nine yeah she is grand indeed then isn't she <laughs> she is grand indeed i i would definitely say I, I think the mana cost is kind of prohibitive as you say cards that allow you to kind of cheat her into play very useful if your whole deck requires cards need to be cheated into play or a large portion of it does anyway yeah. um, then i think she's gonna slot in quite nicely she is a bit of a monster i'd give her i'd go for a seven just because like i'm not that keen on playing cards that are that are so heavy mana cost it, it's going to work in certain decks and it's she's kind of gonna undo other decks as well just exactly. in herself yeah you know like you say those kind of weenie decks where you're you're having hordes of goblins, um, human soldiers, tokens of any description, 
trying to overwhelm you she walks in and they vanish and everything that's a little bit tougher suddenly much much weaker yeah. you know let's just raise her flavor text before we move on and oh please um, do uh this, this sort of reminds me a little bit of these flowing motes of light she's got around her because it reads the Gataxians whisper among themselves of other worlds if they exist we must bring phyrexia's magnificence to them beautiful yeah 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 really nice uh, a fine choice as well who was it by again who chose this for us old <laughs> old germaine old germaine old thank germaine. you very much old germaine it's <laughs> been a treat to have a look at elish norn there but thanks for tuning in folks the uh, code below in the description notes is worth a good 10 percent off everything at roguesgaming.com it helps us out a little bit so feel free to use it if you like what we're doing here Give us a thumbs up, like and subscribe to us, and um, we'll see you next time on The Preamble. You've been listening to The Preamble. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, and many other podcast platforms. And if you want to contact us, just send an email to thepreamble at gmail.com or find us at The Preamble on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Your hosts were Bromsworth and Burlock, brought to you by roguesgaming.com. Special thanks to our contributors, our spotlight artist, and of course, to all of you. See you next time.